big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast. This is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And today we are going to be talking all about fear and trust. Oh, this is a good one. When when Mary and I were sitting there thinking, what should we talk about? We were going through a few different topics. When we got on this one, we were like, oh, we both had some like, oh my God, this feels big. So like, okay, we have to talk about it. Yes. Big one. I feel like it's just such a massive part of parenting because from the moment we conceive a little bubba, we often, it's so easy to move into, is the baby going to be okay? Is my pregnancy going to be okay? Then we move into, is the birth going to be okay? And then are they going to be all right as a baby and a newborn? And then it just continues on (laughs) until, I don't know if it ever stops on some level, that natural default to say, are they going to be okay? Whatever okay looks like for you. And I think from the moment we decide to become parents, it's asking us to move into trust. It's asking us to move into a place of surrender that all is as it is, which I know doesn't feel good for some people, but that, you know, that there is perhaps some, well, I I look at it this way, that we have a choice. We choose choose fear or we choose love and trust. So it's a big juicy one that pretty much can define the way we parent. So can I love as you're speaking, Lala, I was thinking of, of course, that's the, when, when that's what's showing up for us, that if we're wanting to hold that trust, and every time I hear that word, I want to go, ah, oh, does anyone else say that? <laughs> to that that is often requires our own inner work, because if we didn't receive that sense of trust in that we were being held, that we were safe, that the world is a safe place, then that often then shows up when in our relationships with our children, often at particular ages, often perhaps when they're doing particular things and often directly in um, reference to our own fears, our own, you know, fears that we have that we haven't perhaps yet done as much healing as, as might be required. So it's one of the greatest learning journeys, isn't it, around the fear and trust piece. Mm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think... Um, oh, I, I've watched it in my, just, this is really big actually. I've, I've watched it just turn up in so many different aspects of my parenting yeah. from, the, from the fear of, am I doing this right? Am I going to mess up my kids? Um, am, you know, am, I don't know, can I trust the advice I'm getting? Like, is this just okay? Like, what is the guidance that, you know, of, is this the right way or wrong way? Like I find that a lot of parents go, am I doing it right in, in yeah. those elements? Yeah. And then I find that that fear and the trust pops up each time your child has to separate from you on some level. So whether it's going to kindergarten or school or whether it's when they become teenagers or whatever it is, is those elements that are going to keep arising in the parenting journey where we have an opportunity to either trust and, you know, have faith in whatever's unfolding or we move more into the fear. Yes. And, um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, I think, watching where it turns up in many, many different ways. <laughs> I mean, I, I look, I think because I'm just in the, the, you know, have been in the teenage years, 
for the last six, seven years, um, it, that's brought a deeper level of trust in such a huge way for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I used to, when I think think back to being worried about when my kids were little, are they going to be okay? You know, as when you have teenagers, I'd think, what was I even worried about back then? I knew <laughs> yes. they were like, what was to worry about, right? I could see them. I could pick them up. I could do all those kind of things. And then when they're teenagers, there's this other layer of trust that comes in to go, I don't know where they are. I'm not quite sure who they're hanging out with. And that's actually really normal and age appropriate because they need to have that freedom to do those things to figure out who they are. And and when my son says he's going to come home at midnight, is he going to come home at midnight? And is he okay? And like all those elements that, yes. um, that make you sit in that place of uncomfortableness to actually then make a choice. And I can absolutely understand why sometimes we make choices that perhaps aren't in the interest of our kids purely out of protection for ourselves. That can be like being overbearing or it can be not letting them do stuff or it can be things, you know, again, it's got to be in alignment with your values and what feels right. But I know that a lot of probably what drives a lot of parents is I'm scared something's going to happen to you. So I'm going to hold you really close so that nothing can happen to you. Yes. And, And again, purely by doing that, which is out of a place of love, um, but usually what we're setting up is some conditioning in the child that actually the world's not safe and it's not okay to go out there and do that because mum won't let me go out there and do that. And, you know, so I think... Or I might not be trustworthy. <laughs> there's that as well. Yeah, totally. I can't trust myself, you know. So yes. I think there's so many layers to this um, this element of trust and fear and where it sits. Yes. It's, it's yeah, and not only about um, being afraid about their physical or emotional well-being or actually you're talking more about their physical well-being aren't we aren't you there that we can be also scared about what 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 they're going to be like in the future if they are doing this x y and z now what does that mean for them in the future so there can also be that and I was thinking of it when you were talking about that that you know what were you worried about when you were so young you could see them they were there you could pick them up uh, how wonderful to actually go back and and to give those younger parents us some um you know, I often think about that, some, you know, some love and some reassurance that they're going to be okay (laughs) and you're doing fine. And I often think about that in terms of homeschooling that I remember all the year, the younger years, I said, oh, you know, how is it going to be? And, and all the fears and the things that would show up and often, and I think what you were saying, some of my most unenjoyable parenting moments were around fear, Mm. around that, where I felt so scared that I went into power over Mm. and if I could just go back and tell those young that younger me that what I know now which is I absolutely have and I know we hold a very similar thing even though your kids went to school mine didn't we hold actually very similar perspectives around trusting our children their life journey that now I have this thing I completely trust that they know everything they need to know and if there's things that they need to know in order to do what they love doing that they will learn them and that I completely and utterly trust Mm. that they will go out into the world and do what they're here to do and do what they love and make money doing what they love and you know I'd love to go and 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 help that younger me know all those things. But we don't often, do we often learn through experience to trust, don't we? (laughs) And I think, you know, we love to come back to the imprints and the foundations that are set within us, you know, and that I think we can't give ourselves a hard time around having fear and about not moving into trust because, again, like so many of the topics we've talked about on this podcast, 
it wasn't modelled to us. It wasn't it wasn't imprinted that the world is a safe place and you can trust your intuition and you can trust you know the world to provide you with what you need and there is enough support for you and all those kind of messages that yes. I think we all ideally wanted. Um, most of us didn't get at all, and yes. so it makes complete sense that we are still operating from that place of you know, I can't trust anybody and things are unfair and I'm never going to get my needs met and all that kind of stuff. And then before we know it, we're just kind of continuing that cycle with our children. And I think this podcast is really about just opening up these ideas and conversations for people to go, where do you sit with this? Like we, we often don't even realize that it is an imprint within us. And I know Marion, I mean, you so beautifully share in so many of our podcasts about, you know, how you were born and when that, and what that has set up for you in your life around how you view the world around trust and those kind of things. So yes. if you want to share again, just what you feel that's set up for you. Yes. So uh, if anyone listening hasn't heard my story, I was born 10 weeks premature. And back in those days, it was very early. And I was in an incubator for six weeks. And I have experienced a lot of terror in my life, a lot of terror, not of sense of being on my own, of the world not being a safe place, of, you know, I had um, some interventions as well. So a lot of fear that there was something wrong with me physically. Um, so yeah, a lot, a, really a lot of sense that, yeah, there's nobody there for me. I'm on my own. All of these kinds of really quite scary things. And I've done so much work over the years to to really listen to that little baby me and to let her know that, I'm with her always through my inner loving mother work and through, you know, getting that from the outside first through lots of therapists and friends and empathy buddies to really change that so that I really know that I'm not on my own and that I am completely supported. And actually that, that I've gone from thinking that the world is a very unfriendly, scary place to actually knowing deep in my heart that life is here to support me. Life loves me. Life wants me to flourish. You know, that, you know, that so different, so different. So really understanding that those, those early experiences and what I love often love to share, particularly from an aware parenting perspective is that, you know, babies and children come into the world with these beautiful capacities to heal from painful, stressful, frightening experiences and that they know how to do that. And it's only because our culture doesn't understand how to do that, that we often don't cooperate with that. You know, we want to try and soothe or we want to, you know, take away the tears or to help them feel better. But, to, to you know, the more we really embrace that, if they've had something scary happen to them, the, the, the most the way they're going to not carry that fear for the next goodness knows how many years until they become parents and their child does, you know, whatever it is we're talking about is to actually listen to their feelings at the time, to hold them in our arms, to listen to the crying, to actually really, to, to really cooperate with that natural healing mechanism to, if they're shaking to, to let the shaking happen. And you've talked beautifully about your daughter's story and how you two together really healed from that experience. And I'd love to hear more as well, if you want to share more, but to really know that we come, we come embedded with these amazing mechanisms to return to trust. That's what I believe is that as our true nature is love, our true nature is deep, deep trust. And as I say those words, I connect into that in my body. I feel myself relaxing. I feel myself feeling the, the softness of the of the um, beautiful linen cover that I'm sitting on. Is that, I, I believe that is who we really are. And so is really supporting our children to coming back into that knowing. Yes. By giving them, by, by 
doing our own inner work so that we can mm. listen and be there and all the times that we that we maybe do get scared that we can repair and we can listen <laughs> we can say actually no I really do want to support you to go and do that thing that you want to do and you know that the amazingness that that we can heal and that we can return to that that basic trust that I think is our true nature to really deeply trust and actually you know that's my belief it's kind of not really aware parenting but my belief is that I did choose that birthing experience because I really needed to experience the opposite of trust to, to actually experience terror and fear and isolation to actually come back to really knowing and bringing to the world that we are deeply interconnected with each other and you know our true nature is love and to experience the opposite of that is a part of my journey so i really believe that we can we can all make tremendous shifts in terms of really living that i i can trust the world is here to support me yes and i think you know i i look at a practical point of view and with a lot of the parents i work with their fears around is this going to be the right school for them or are they going to have friends or not getting picked in the basketball team or things that go on that we as a parent go I don't want them to feel that because that is going to feel hard and and it often taps us into our own stuff of I don't want hard things and it feels scary and I want to protect you and which comes from such a deep place of love yes we want it to be all okay yet I always come back to these experiences are rich and and exactly a second what you were saying we all have the capacity to heal and we need to experience the contrast sometimes so that we know um, that we have the capacity to be resilient and to 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 navigate tricky things and I think for me that's been one of the grandest fallbacks for me in parenting particularly when I discovered where parenting was that no matter what happens I my job is to hold a space for my children to trust their healing in whatever way that looks like. So whatever's going to happen to them, I am going to be there and I'm going to be that beautiful holding space for them so they can work through whatever they need to because I trust that there's a bigger picture for them. And, and you know, like your story and I guess my story with Tali, which I shared about in our birth stories episode is, you know, when she was born, you know, and she wasn't expected to live. And then, you know, they thought she would have brain damage and she spent the first few days of her life in a coma and really tricky, challenging situations, which absolutely brought me to my knees Mm -hmm. to, to move into a place of trust like I never had before. And it was one of those times where it absolutely made me see you either have a choice here. You can choose fear right now or you can choose love. And I just thought fear just feels too terrifying. So I'm just going to choose love. (laughs) I'm going to choose love and I'm going to trust that she's doing what she needs to do and that somehow we will find our way through this. And it was the greatest gift I've ever been given because she taught me and still does continue to teach me that, um, that there is always a capacity for healing and then you know, and that journey that we had to go on together to help her release all the big stuff that she carried and then for me to work through my stuff as well to move into a place of trust, of, of yes. knowing that the world is safe and the world is amazing. And, and it showed up for her a few times in different places as she grew when she yes. started kindergarten and, and the, you know, the fear piece came up big time for both of us and then at school and, and in different places or times where she's had to make leaps forward it it has showed up and we've talked about that again in other podcasts around when those stories will turn up in our lives but I see that as just one of the most valuable gifts I was given that 
in any moment we have a choice of whether we choose to buy into the fear or we choose to trust. And within that trust, knowing that we all have an incredible capacity to heal and a capacity for connection. And so if we keep coming back to that, then no matter what our children do or where they go, um, if we can bring that to them, then what we are imprinting in them is I believe in you that you can find your way through this Mm -hmm. and I am here to love you no matter what. And I can hold this space for you. And I totally trust that there is going to be magic in all of this hard stuff as well. And you know, that's, that's look, I know that's a massive stretch for a lot of people, particularly if they've had big trauma in their lives. And, And again, I don't say that that's what everyone has to believe, but that's what I have found has been my kind of guiding truth um, in my journey of raising kids for sure yeah and we talked a little bit before we started recording about your journey after after um Tali was born and that you had PTSD and I said do you want to share a little bit about how you mm. how you healed from that and I, I wonder if you'd share a little bit with the listeners yeah that was so it didn't really show up till about two and a half years later which was really interesting because and I really again trust the body does what it needs to you know when Tali was born we kind of just had to get on with it and survive I had three kids and we were like okay let's just do stuff and cope yes. and there were probably as I look back there were little signs or hints to it but I just didn't really see it and then probably about two and a half years which was two and a half years of age um all the wheels fell off (laughs) like all of a sudden just I couldn't function so I couldn't I was attending births at the time I couldn't go to births anymore I couldn't teach any of the workshops that I was meant to be teaching I was barely flat out with just making dinner for my children and and I went into massive anxiety and so much crying and just all of a sudden all the the stuff that was stuck in me just started to come out and I'd probably say for the first good year of realizing I had PTSD I fought it like no man's business I was just I was like I'll do this I'll do MDR that'll fix me I will do um I'll do hypnotherapy that'll fix me I I looked for any modality and I did everything I was to fix me right because I didn't want to feel this feeling anymore and really what I was doing is I was just running away from the feelings and I was just looking for something to take away what I was feeling I just didn't want to feel it and and it showed up with I started to get really scared that something was going to happen to my children and I would catastrophize things and and I was never usually a person like this so it was it felt really challenging and I was anxious I was really anxious which I'd never had felt before yes and I think I I kind of fought fought it for as long as I could until one beautiful day where I was like, I just don't know what to do anymore. And, um, and I had this amazing experience where I realized that I, what I'd been doing is that I had been denying the feelings. It's like, I, I, I remember I was actually at a dance class and this teacher oh, said, um, said to me, it was a five rhythm dance class. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> when you're dancing, you know, don't abandon your fingers, right? Cause they're on the end of your hands. Like, yes. you know, remember them. And it was like this like epiphany I had, which went, oh, I've been abandoning my fear. I've been yes. abandoning my anxiety. And yes. all of a sudden I just stopped and went, Oh my God, I keep trying to run away from them. I need to embrace them. I need to let them know that they're here they're trying to keep me safe they're just trying to tell me something and I it was like I just hugged all the fear all the anxiety and I went oh my god I'm here to listen tell me and it was like it was so instant that all of a sudden the grip that it had on me just started to lessen and what I started to do is I started to be vulnerable and I started to allow it to be there and it moved from a place of fear and terror from what was stuck in my body to moving into beautiful wisdom and and a blessing more than anything and 
look at, and it took time and I had to be okay with the time. I had to really be patient that I was going to heal as fast as I needed to. Mm-hmm. I had to use a listening partner a lot. So when stuff would come up, I could ring her and just say, oh God, I've got to talk about this bit again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'd talk about like 10 or 15 minutes about some part that felt really scary for me and I'd cry and then I'd feel better. And mm-hmm. but the big thing I took from that was, that I needed to lean into it. I, I needed to stop running from it and I needed to lean into it yes. to allow the fear to lessen. And, you know, it did take time. And, and I would say now, you know, that's that was 11. Oh, and actually, I mean, she's 11 now, but, you know, that was probably eight or so years ago that I was right in the middle of that PTSD. And I don't feel any of that anymore at all. I just feel in such a deep place of trust. Yes. And I just feel like it was such a gift in my life it it taught me about trauma it taught me about healing taught me about my amazing capacity of powerfulness and strength and I just see it as the most incredible gift and I think you know it also held really strong for me too is that when my kids were our teenagers and started going out at night and going to parties and you know the fear would come up for me are they going to be okay are they drinking or what are they doing you know and even with all this beautiful aware parenting we've done and the beautiful communication we have I'm still like they're still teenagers right and they're still (laughs) doing age-appropriate risk-taking things um you know there were nights where I was up at midnight going are they okay are they going to come home and I was like oh here's another beautiful opportunity what do I need to do I need to lean into it what's the fear here bring in the the fear is they're not going to be okay yeah this is going to happen you know and and really embracing it loving it giving space giving it a voice and then sure enough like I'd hear the keys in the door my son and I'm walking going g'day mum and I'd be like oh Jesus Christ (laughs) I've been here for the last hour like sweating shaking working through my stuff and he just walks in and is like oh the party was boring and I was like okay great Uh, (laughs) so I, I kept seeing that and what was interesting is I had to work through those pieces of trust again and and then all of a sudden it wasn't even there anymore like and you know and he'd go out and I wouldn't worry and now as my teenage daughter is doing that same stuff I don't worry because I just go yeah I really trust that they know themselves that that we have beautiful communication that if they need me they will call me I have no doubt that they will call me um that they have to do the story they have to do and so my only job again is to sit in trust and and give them that imprint of what is possible. I love that so much. And it, it really, it really parallels the way of parenting, doesn't it? That, that the more, I loved what you're talking about, leaning into the feelings that the more we can, and at whatever age our child is and whatever age you start. And I love that you share, you know, that, that you didn't come across the way of parenting. Your son was seven. I always love sharing that because how amazing is he and how amazing is your relationship? And, mm that we have that choice to lean in and do our own inner work so that we can lean in and listen to their feelings. And the more we can be there with their tears and their tantrums and actually be there with them, the more they gain that, that they internalize that body sense, don't they? That, that it is safe for me to feel these feelings and to actually let these feelings flow through me. And the paradox is, is the more we are, if we're scared of their feelings and we're doing everything we can to stop them ever feeling upset, um, and I'm not talking about ignoring the needs. I'm talking about meeting their needs. And what often can happen is the child can actually start getting scared of lots of things, scared of lots of food, lots of variety, of different experiences, because what happens is those experiences connect them to the feelings that are already there in their body. So the, the feelings that are showing up are actually not necessarily about the thing that is happening, the, the carrots or the broccoli or the, you know, going to talk to that person. They're often actually the feelings that are just getting to accumulate and accumulate. So actually 
increasing our capacity to listen to their tears means they're actually less likely to feel scared. That's what I was trying to get yes. to. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because what are the messages we are sending our children? What are the messages we're sending to them about the world about how the world could meet us i mean i we did um we did a few months ago um we did this self-defense course my daughters and i because I remember, you know, my daughter yeah. was in this situation where you know she felt really powerless and she didn't know how to protect herself she needed to and so this guy came to our house and it was fantastic it was so fun but I was sitting there watching as he's going, okay, if somebody comes up to you and does this, this and this, and part of me is like, oh, God, I don't even want them to be hearing this because I don't want that to be a reality. But yes. like, look, just store this way in the back of your brain. It doesn't need yeah. to be real, but this yes. is a thing you can do. And we laughed a lot as we did the self-defense class, which good. I thought was really good. Yes. Afterwards, I said to my daughters, you know, these are good skills that you could have in the back of your head, but this does not mean this is how the world is because I really trust the world and I really trust that, you know, we – you know, that again, it can be an amazing place and that we can get our needs met and we can be totally supported. And I've lived my 44 years with never having a situation where I've ever had to be violent or stuff. And and again, I know that's not the, that's not the case for everybody, but I wanted to say to them, I don't want you to go into doing this course thinking I'm going to get attacked or the world is like this because I believe it to be something different. And and again, I really want to come back to that. I know we see the world through the lens of our perceptions of what we've been given. You know, it is, you know, we all have our story and an imprint and, you know, and I think um, it, the world looks very different depending on the lens you look through. Yeah. I guess what I always come back to is that we have choice about how we're going to choose to see that world. Yeah. Are we going to see it through a place of fear? And And especially if we have had those imprints of fear, I know that's harder to see it in a different way, but I absolutely invite people to know you have choice. You can change that. You can absolutely change that belief system and that imprint to say, I do believe the world can be amazing and the world can be safe and I'm going to choose trust over yes. fear. And yes. that's, you know, I think we we don't have control over a lot of things in our life and this is the whole biggest thing about raising kids. It's yep. the ultimate in powerlessness because <laughs> you can't, even though we want to try and control it, we can't, right? Life is going to happen. Yes. But what we can control is our reaction and our response to it. We can control how we meet whatever happens to us in our lives. We can choose the fear, we can choose the love, you know, and, and that is what we do have choice over. And I think that's then dictates how we perceive the outcome of what happens. Like, you know, I, I know that for me in my journey with, with Tali is that looking at that whole experience through a different lens could have set up a completely different life for both of us is that it's dangerous and it's scary and this traumatic thing happened and it was the worst ever. Or the way I see it is, oh, my God, it was the biggest gift. It would change my life in the most amazing way. It was hard, but, yes. my God, what a gift it gave me in, in helping me in my life's work and, and teaching me about connection and we're parenting and all of it. Yes. Nothing but an absolute celebration. So, yes. again, I kind of invite people to think about you know, what lens do we look through yeah. at life? Yes. And I love that about aware parenting, don't you, that I had that, for me, the quality of aware parenting that Alita Salter brings and that brought to the world is, it's this, it, it's this deep acceptance and love for all feelings, welcoming them, seeing this beautiful and natural and healthy relaxation release mechanism, just, you know, beautiful, gorgeous, lovely things in a, in a way that's not like, I don't know, I just see some approaches and, you know, I love anyone to have whatever approach you want to have, but there's sometimes approaches that can be kind of, let's listen to children's feelings, but there's something still about seeing them as 
I don't know, something a little bit lesser or children a bit lesser. Whereas I love aware parenting as well. The beauty of the human psyche <laughs> to, to heal and you know, that we are amazing beings and that babies and children are just amazing. And, you know, sometimes that gets a little bit hidden by painful feelings. But there's such a beautiful kind of holistic, positive, not positive in denying unenjoyable, you know, painful feelings, but positive in sense of, you know, we can change and then we can heal and we can choose trust over fear and we can listen to the scare scary feelings and the and all of that stuff i love that combination to me that's so important is having both isn't it it's not just the let's listen to all the painful feelings but you know we live in this painful painful world and we listen to painful things or you know let's have everything that's just light and joy it's like both it's the both and actually the joy often comes through being with the experiences and (laughs) growing through and that's what i love about how you talk about it all is it's the beauty of the journey, isn't it? Really, it the absolute the journey. And it's about seeing, I don't know, I look at it this way. I, and I just sort of thought my kids, everything is an opportunity. <laughs> everything is possible. Yes. And whatever happens, you know, and it, we have a choice about how we see it. And I, I feel so deeply grateful to my mother, who is an amazing woman, um, yes. who hasn't listened yes. to any of our podcasts, so I might tell it <laughs> one uh she taught me more about trust than anybody because from a really young age she from when I was really young she used to say because she's quite a spiritual wise woman my mom um when something would happen she would say to me why um what's going on for you why has this been created so what she started to imprint in me is that whatever was happening in my life was somehow there for a bit of a gift for me to learn something or for me to journey something so straight away it became not about I'm a victim that's not fair people have done this to me it was like oh why have I created this what is this about yes and I remember thinking and having those conversations when I was like eight or nine years of age and so it was such a imprint thing within me to go being responsible for my being and my own life to actually see that you know whatever was happening in my world was part of a creation of either something I was learning or what I was putting out there or whatever and and it was such a really beautiful um, imprint to have that, that has stayed with me my whole life that whenever something goes on, I go, oh, what's this about? <laughs> Something's here to teach me something yes. as opposed to the default of this is not fair and, you know, moving into what feels scary or those kind of things is about here's an opportunity. And I think that's what I've always looked at of here's an opportunity. Yes. Give to me something about my growth or my past or what I can move into. And, you know, I think that's where I've also learned a lot about what fear is and fear can often just be that projection of something's going to go wrong. If something is going to be unsafe, you know, I'm going to get hurt. Someone's going to die. Those kind of things. It's that, that fear is projecting into the future as opposed to being in the moment Mm -hmm. to say it's here. And like what we often talk about is when fear turns up or feelings turn up, it's being inquisitive to go, oh, what is this about? Something's here for me. What is this from? Does this remind me of something from the past? Is this something that needs some healing and listening? Or is this just me feeling, okay, I feel unsafe in this moment. What do I need to do for myself here? So I think that, dare I use the word mindfulness because it's such a buzzword, but there's the mindfulness aspect of being aware to go, oh, where am I in this picture here right now? Yeah, I love that you talk about that. And I, I, you know me, I love to talk about the three different causes of feeling. So that when fear is showing up, that and again, this it has its roots in aware parenting where Aletha says, you know, if 
the reason for children's unenjoyable behavior is it, and I call it what they're thinking, what they're needing, what they're feeling. So it's the mind, it's the needs, it, and it's the feelings from the past. So we can think about that. And so what you were just talking about in terms of fear is this old fear from the past showing up in order to be really loved and heard and, and released through crying, through shaking, whatever way it needs to. Or is it, do we have something in the present moment that we actually need in order to help our beautiful nervous system? You know, we maybe need some support or to phone a friend. Or is it our mind? Is it, so is it what we're telling ourselves about the future? And so for me, you know, I, you know, my whole work around willingness and not willingness, one of the things I tend to do is if I had the other day, <laughs> I shared with a million times, but I was, uh, it's, it's spring here and it's nesting season. The birds are swooping. The mama birds are swooping. There's some particular big ones with very big beaks. I was going on my bike ride and I was like, I feel really scared that these <laughs> mama birds are going to come and swoop me. So with the way I do it is I connect in first of all, it's a bit of empathy. I hear that you feel scared, sweetheart. And then I'm actually not willing to be swooped. So I actually set out, I'm really, I sent some love to the mama birds. I'm not going to hurt your babies and I am not willing for you to swoop me. And for me, that's a very different thing to go out and I, I invite people to connect in with their bodies. How you feel when you, when you keep on repeatedly thinking about something that you don't want to happen and to say, you know, I'm scared that, so if I were to say, I'm scared that I'm going to get swooped, I'm scared that I'm going to get swooped, I'm scared that I'm going to get swooped, that's often those fear thoughts, we can repeat them and repeat them, something we don't want to happen, and how you feel in your body. So, I, you know, for me, it's very, I start uh, contracting and going you know, tight within. Whereas if I say, I am not willing to be swooped, I'm not willing to be swooped. To me, it's like putting out, it's like the antidote, because it's the outward, no, I'm not willing for this. It's the, to me, it's like the that kind of field of protection really not available I'm not willing for that to happen and I went out for the bike ride within that energy state and I do believe that how we feel in our bodies has a profound impact on those around us and particularly our children so you know we were going to talk about how it's not really what we say to our children it's the body state we're in when we're yes. talking to them they really get so if we're scared but we're saying something else entirely that what they get is is the the state we're in so that's why our own emotional work is so important isn't it so important or it's it's better in those situations to own i feel scared yes, exactly it's so feeling one thing and if you say one thing but they feel another then they get very confused and then they you know that, that confuses that inner barometer of intuition exactly. and trust to say hang on but my body's telling me this but you're telling me something else and that's where it gets very, very murky with children learning to trust their intuition. Exactly. So it's all about trusting themselves, isn't it? Yes. So us being congruent helps them trust themselves. Totally. Love that. <laughs> yes, it's really true. And, and, you know, I think about it this way too, of how this fear can turn up in parenting is that when we feel scared sometimes about what our kids are doing or what they might do, we can in order to try and make ourselves feel better, we can power over them so we can try and control what they're yes. doing or how that's going to look because yes. we're frightened it might turn into something else, which is usually our own fear. So yes. we power over them, which they don't love. and Or it can turn into us numbing out, so using repression mechanisms because we're like, this doesn't feel good and I can't have that happen, so I'm just going to disconnect and it's not happening at all, yes. which can feel hard. Yes. And, you know, and again, and, and I mean, the purpose of all of that, again, is tapping us into to our own stories on some level to go what healing is needed here around where this fear sits for you yes. what is it? you know and i think that's a really good thing to 
be curious about. You know, I've watched that myself, you know, with, um, with my kids. If I have been in fear, I will move into trying to control, yes. or organize or whatever it is that's going on so that I feel better. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm actually... I don't think anyone listening has ever experienced that, Elle. <laughs> it's really interesting what, what we do yes. when we are sitting in that, that fear space, you know, and... Uh, look uh, again as we always say if you do that and that is something you do all the time yeah so much compassion to yourself because again we're operating from what we've been shown you know i i operate in my life with a really great amount of trust right and i think because yeah bill because my mum really imprinted that in me on many many levels like i'm really grateful i did have that solid imprint um and i've had experiences where it's taught me a lot about trust and i'm going to be careful what i'm saying here because like if i say i've got heaps of trust now the universe is going to come and give me something (laughs) to go really well let's just just test that out so i'm just going to say it gently i feel like i have a great capacity for trust in the moment (laughs) you be careful what you wish for be careful what you say right words are powerful yes i do feel like i have a great relationship with trust how about that i'm going to rephrase it to that um but i also feel like i am really lucky that i was brought up in an environment that that was very supported and i know that that's not necessarily the norm yes and so therefore it comes back to again lots of compassion for ourselves for what the imprint was for what we were shown for what that looks like and and again, to say in every moment we have the opportunity to choose and to to look at it through a different lens of perception, you know, particularly for where you are now and also in your parenting journey of where am I bringing fear to a situation? Yes. What would trust look like instead? Yes. What would trust look like in this moment? If I'm feeling really scared, what would it look like if I moved into trust around this experience? It's really powerful, isn't it? So powerful, isn't it? Do you want to talk yeah, about – oh, sorry, go – What were you going to say? I was going to talk about the chicken story. I was just about to go talk about the chicken story. I was going to segue into that to say, uh, oh, goodness, what was I going to say? (laughs) I was going to say also in terms of building trust, I see as, as, you know, if we didn't get what you got from your mum, for example, is the way it's designed to happen, you know, this is my passion that what was external in external relationships is what we internalize so often the way we internalize something new so if we're wanting to internalize something new around trust often the way we need to do that is through having experiences with people who hold that who can help us hold that who trust us who trust that the world is safe who can be with our feelings of fear and love them unconditionally and can be with our tears as we cry about something scary that happened that perhaps no one else could could listen when we had something scary happen everyone was like no, we no, you're fine, or we're not going to listen, or you know, have a have a chocolate or whatever it was. That we need to have people around us who can be with us in those places, so that we gradually internalize that for ourselves. Yes. So we gradually have that internalized sense of, ah, oh, you know, I am safe here. I am there. There is love here for me. You know, for me, that's the inner loving crew work. Is like I am right here with you. I'm here with you. I trust you. I've got you. I'm always here. I'm listening. I love you exactly as you are. I know that you can do this. I hear that you feel scared and I know that you can do this. Mm. For me, what that does on a really nervous system level, and I I wonder if if those who are listening, whether you, when you hear those words, what happens for me is I feel myself sighing. I hear my whole nervous, I feel my whole nervous system relaxing. And to me, that's part of what we get to do 
in the parenting journey. Yes. Not to expect ourselves to be that right at the beginning, but the journey is about increasing our capacity to be that in our bodies so that we can respond to our children like that. And it's almost like that's how it works with children because <laughs> as they be, you know, they're little for quite a long time and then they become teenagers and hopefully by that time we have done this, quite a lot of this inner work so that we do hold this in our body. And I really love the story from um, Larry Cohen. If you haven't read his books, I really recommend them. Uh, Playful Parenting is brilliant. Um, but he has another one called The Opposite of Worry that isn't quite so well known. And he t- tells, I think it's literally on the first page, he tells this story, and I think it's chickens. But he talks the story about there's some chicken, maybe three chickens, and there's a big hawk above. So the chickens go into freeze mode because if they're still, you know, and if you've got pet rabbits or whatever, you've seen this, and go still, they look like they're dead. And that is the most adaptive response in that moment because hawks and predators do not come and generally eat dead things because they may have had diseases, whatever. But then anyway, the hawk's gone, but the little, the little, um, chick is it a chick <laughs> did i say chick or duck chick the chickens yeah around the little chick is looking around and the other two chickens are still frozen so he's looking at the other two and that well they're still not moving i still could not cannot see the hawk but since those two are still frozen there must be a hawk around still so i'm going to stay in freeze mode yes and i know there's so much beautiful work around this that you can do to really help yourself see that you know if we're in freeze mode around something in our parenting with our children the most beautiful gift we can do is to actually get support for ourselves to Mm. do healing to release the tears to release the fear to get support to move through that so that we really communicate to our children in our nervous system that they do not need to be in that freeze mode that there is no hawk that there is no hawk that Mm. (laughs) they can go and run about and be little chicks and have fun and Mm. explore the world and they don't need to be on that hyper vigilant alert which you know so many of us do know who've had you know painful or traumatic experiences who didn't get to heal till later on it's such a gift to give to our children by doing our own inner work around our own fear so that we have less and less and less of that this is scary or you know we do that they're looking all the time aren't they you know when they're little as well they're looking all the time is it safe we you know we're the secure base is, is, is mom or dad can i go and move forward and if we're going no they're like oh okay isn't safe we are communicating so much around safety around basic trust which is something eric erickson talked about one of the basic things that we learn in childhood is their trust or mistrust mm. the biggest gift we can give to our children is doing our own work around this because we are communicating that in our very body in our in our minute responses to them 100 percent. yes i agree and and you know look again as a parent if you're listening to this and you're like oh holy hell i'm just doing a lot of fear <laughs> Yes. It's okay. It's yes. a kind of big breath because right in this moment you can go, okay, this is something I might want to work towards. And yeah. always, as we say, there's always capacity for healing, no matter how old your child is, no matter how old you are. In every moment, we've got the capacity for healing and, and connection. So it's okay. And, you know, this, I guess this podcast is really just to open up these conversations around what our imprints are and what we are what what we are doing and imprinting with our children and this is just a big one because i think you know trust sets up so much particularly for then allowing our children to go out into the world to trust themselves and to experience life in a really positive way it's just amazing barometer yeah and i want to offer anyone listening as well that 
sometimes the things that we have biggest fear around, we're most motivated to do the work around and we can often make most transformation around, you know, you talk about that with, with the PTSD, but, you know, for me, when I was preparing to get pregnant to conceive, I knew I was so terrified of giving birth and I, I literally transformed that into the most, uh, you know, profound trust in my body and, and uh, my capacity to birth with my baby. So I want to say, you know, sometimes actually what we're most scared of, that can be, can be the place where we become, you know, the most, <laughs> we, we, you know, our gifts can shine through most, so we can gain the most trust in. So if you're sitting in there going, oh, you know, I don't know if I can ever shift that. I really be, believe that we can make shifts beyond we could even possibly imagine. Really so yes. amazing. I agree. I so agree. So to finish off, um, we'd love to give you some offerings that you can, or suggestions to, to maybe work with around this topic of fear and trust. What would you like to offer, Marion, or what would you like to invite people to explore? I think it would be even to have, if you, if you enjoy the idea of having um, an inner loving crew or a sense of uh, one phrase that you would enjoy to hear when some fear shows up for you, mm. to listen into what that might be. And often that would be what we most wanted to hear perhaps as children when we were feeling scared. So for me, it's something like usually the really basic things. I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you, sweetheart. I'm listening. So, mm. so see if there's some phrase and maybe something you like to do. I often put my hand on my forehead and my head. And that really, it's so beautiful to hear that phrase and to have that touch to go, oh, I can really, you know, I have this presencing with, to be with the fear that's, that's bubbling up. Mm, yeah, beautiful. Do you have a... Yeah, I, I would just say I would really invite everyone to just be mindful and curious around um, what messages you may be giving like quite unconsciously because I think I find that we do this without even realising whether that's a message around money, whether it's a message around food, whether it's a message around your body or it's around people or, you know, like all those things I think we sometimes say stuff and do things and we don't even realize where they're coming from and then how that lands. So I'd really invite people to be curious around what is the imprint that we are placing on our kids around some of those bigger topics, you know, and a lot of the time I think I just find this, you know, this has been always really curious for me. I don't even realize what I'm saying. And then I'm like, Oh yep, there's a piece you know, that I've just imprinted there. So I think there's, there's power within that, you know, to just be mindful around what is it that um, we are sending them. What is the trust message that we're sending to our children about different things in the world? Mm, love that now. And as for resources, uh, we didn't, we haven't really talked much about laughing, but I remember you talked about laughing when you're doing the, the martial arts course. So, so laughter is a really great antidote for fear. It really releases fear. So uh, Aletha's book, Attachment Play, is a really great one for really understanding how we can support our children to release fear through mm. laughter. I also have an Attachment Play course. Mm. Um, and also um, Larry Cohen's book, The Opposite of Worry, is really helpful. Yeah. If you have a, fear, a child who has some fears, it can be a really mm. helpful um, book to help them. And, and I love too, as you mentioned before, there's that inner loving crew, but perhaps finding the right support for you in a therapist or a person, it could be somatic work, it could be body work, it could be something that really resonates with you to help move some of this fear stuff or someone who just represents 
the embodiment of trust. Mm-hmm. You know, being in their energy or talking and moving with that does, it's those beautiful mirror neurons again. It's all yes. that beautiful stuff of that imprint to say, yep. this is how it actually could look. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to have that reflected back to you, to be reminded of that is actually what helps shift our stories and patterns as well. So yep. maybe it's accessing people like that to go, yeah, that's where it is. I think that's why, you know, I think that's why people love, well, it's like someone like Tony Robbins has got such a huge following and all that kind of stuff because he talks a lot about trust and possibility and big thought leaders like that who have big, big followings. What they're doing is they're standing there with a, a projection of possibility and trust and move into your power and all those kind of things. I think, you know, again, there's a reason why people are drawn to that because it helps us move those limited belief systems. So, yeah. yeah. I think that can be even awareness. You know, you talked a lot about choice, even awareness of if you, if you're into social media, who do you follow on social media and what kinds of, you know, it's really making sure that if you are following people, there are people that are really giving you that sense of trust or, you know, whatever it is that you're working around, around this compassion, Mm -hmm. connection, all of those things. So really making conscious choices about what, yeah, what we're, what we're putting our attention towards. 100%. I love it. And I love that this podcast we're recording at um, dusk, which is why we can hear the background of the birds. (laughs) Because Marion has a beautiful soundtrack in her house of birds all the time. It's so beautiful. (laughs) It is magical oasis. And I love that the soundtrack to our podcast is birds in the background. (laughs) Nature. It's so good. It's so lovely. So um, thank you again for being here with us. We really invite you to um, share our podcast. You can rate us. You can leave us a review and we also we'd love to hear if there's something you would like us to talk about so you can send us a message through instagram or facebook um, and all our resources and notes from this um, podcast will be on our um will be in our show notes so you can access them there if you're looking for more information or stuff to help you move forward so thank you again for being here um we really love just the support and the 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 group that's growing this podcast is so wonderful we are just (laughs) thrilled we're just loving where it's reaching far and wide it's yeah makes us really happy thanks for being here yeah so much love to you Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.